Welcome to the Philosophy of Fighting podcast with your hosts, Arturo and Anu. All right, right on. So how's your weekend been so far? We're not done with it yet, but. Great weekend. Awesome sports weekend. We're going to talk about the UFC, but also NFL starting Sunday. And then also did a decent amount of training. And I know you competed, so I was interested in that. So, yeah, feels like an exciting fall weekend with like some sports and physical activity. It's funny you say fall. It's summer as hell out here. Yeah, but it's September, so it is hot. I know. I just don't think of it in temperature terms. I think of it in like San Diegans have like they call it the local summer. This is like news to me recently. I've been here 15 years now and I've learned that September is local summer. As in like everyone goes away because they think summer is over and now only the locals get to enjoy summer here. Oh, that's awesome. So they call it local summer because, yes, it's September is the hottest month of the year here. The best time to travel is when nobody else is there. And Mm -hmm. I saw like this TikTok of this guy and he goes, look, this is really fucked up. But he goes, well, I always travel to a place right after there's a terrorist attack there. I saw this. I saw that video. And he's like, look, he's like, it's fucked up. But plane prices are cheaper hotel prices are cheaper there's no like there's nobody else on the bus on the way to the hotel or anything that you do and they're happy that you're there because they need the money right a lot of these tourist type places so it is beneficial too and i just thought that was like so smooth i was like i want to start doing that yeah and chances are that there's another attack is so little like one just happened you know what i mean exactly lightning lightning doesn't strike twice yeah it's fucked it up, crazy. but I feel so much safer after I feel like, oh, something happened, that it's like, all right, it's not going to happen for a while. Yeah, yeah. Right? But but if it's like something hasn't happened for a while, I'm like, oh, fuck, something's about to happen. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like nervous. No. So yeah, what should we start with? Let's start with your competition. How did that oh, go? Okay. How did you feel? When was the last time you competed? Last time I competed was before COVID. Okay, so it's been a few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that went well. I think I took second place. I did expert division, Naga. I think it was the same weight class. I don't remember. What weight class? This probably was, yeah. 180 and under. Okay. 179 and under. It had to be under 180. Okay. I did the same thing this time, expert, under 180. Masters, so 30-year-olds and up. Yeah. And uh, this time I took first. Nice, man. Yeah. And how many matches did you have? A total whopping of one. (laughs) Yep. So how... How did you feel though in that one match? Were you like, did you have any jitters? Did you still? Well, I thought I was going to get more matches because there was three people. But the way it turned out, I I don't know how it turned out the way it did. Because I I think the other guy got hurt or maybe he just like went to go do a different division because he had a match with the guy that I versed and that guy won. The guy I versed won versus the other guy. So normally they do the guy who hasn't rolled first the guy who lost and then that'll be like the battle for second place or third place or so they do something like that but they didn't they just made me versus the guy that had won and i don't know that other guy was just i don't know i didn't see i i come late to these things all the time like my schedule was like 2 15 i got there exactly at two like 15 minutes right before i was like oh we thought you were gonna miss your match or something i know how it goes and by the time we competed it was 2 30 i didn't see anything that happened before so i, I don't know what Maybe he got hurt. Yeah, that's what I'm guessing too. Like maybe he got hurt. But yeah, I only had one match. But this guy was pretty good. He had uh, 48 wins like on the system. Like he had 48 wins. I'm like, all right, he definitely competes a bit. He should be good. He's another brown belt. I'm like, I don't know, a couple hours away. And what was the match like? How'd you do? Were you happy with your performance? No. I mean, I'm happy I won, but it's the first time I've ever won on points. And more so than that, I feel like I just gamed it. Like I was tired and I just played defensive and I was like, you know what? I'm up. I'm just going to wait out this clock. Not stalling, but just like I'm not attacking anything anymore. And I was tired. So I was like, that that's my best way to win. I'm going to win. This guy's this guy's not giving me anything. Like I tried a lot of hand fighting, a lot of different things. It turned out to be like just wrestling. We were on the floor maybe a total of 6 seconds for a whole match. Really? Really? Yeah. Let me put this out to you. So I think I almost unlocked like a Mayweather-esque way to win. What is that? I didn't even use jujitsu. So here's what's really weird. (laughs) Okay. 
So we're hand fighting, right? The match just starts. We're starting to hand fight, look for a takedown, right? I want to get the takedown, but it seems like he does too. Like uh, I wasn't, you know, you're trying to like measure up and you're like, all right, he's not giving me anything. He definitely knows what he's doing for sure. So I go for a wrist lock because that's always the first thing that's like, all right, get him by surprise, make him think defensively, maybe him get worried about him touching me. And then maybe a takedown will open after this. So I go for a wrist lock, a weak ass attempt of a wrist lock. He pulls out. But in his pullout, he shakes his hand as almost a gesture like, oof, that was close. It wasn't at all. It was like just like one of those catching slides, like not even at all. But because he shook his hand, ref signaled one point. Really? Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit. Nothing even happened. And he gave me a point for that. That's crazy. Later on in the match, I actually got a wrist lock from standing that was a lot more secure but the angle of the ref didn't see it. And I almost got him on that, but it had just slid out and I didn't get a point for it, even though that was the better attempt. So like in the end, I'm like, ah, I guess okay. the ball doesn't lie. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, ball doesn't lie. Sure. But in the early attempt where I got one point, I was like, okay, I'm ahead. It's only a point, but I'm ahead. I'm pretty sure he's not going to be able to take me down if I could just play real defensive. And so I did the entire match. He went for nine takedowns. I just stuffed them all. On one of his last attempts, maybe it was like attempt number seven or something like that. When I sprawled back to head and arm, I just went under his arm and put him on his back. As soon as I put him on his back, he went for a straight arm bar. So I wouldn't get the points for a takedown, right? So, you know, I sprawl, I put him on his back. My hips are higher than his, so I would get points, but he went for a submission attempt right away. So I have to escape this submission attempt to get the points for the takedown, which I did. So he got one point for the submission attempt. I got two points for that takedown. Score was 3-1. We're still standing again because in his submission attempt, you know, I stood back up. He got back up to his feet. I defended a couple more takedowns and that was the end of the match. It was literally just anti-jujitsu. How long was the match? Like eight minutes? Four minutes. It's Masters. It's a four minute match? Mm-hmm. So I kind of, I think I know why he's pissed. Yeah. <laughs> you I, I would be pissed too. <laughs> would, would you say it's and on the I'm level... Thinking, and now I'm thinking, I'm like, what if I just do this strategy? I'll just go for wrist locks and just do takedown defense. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I'm you, just going to beat everyone with like the cheapest game. It's not even jujitsu. Would, would you say it's on the level of being called like a glitch bitch? Like, you know, when you just do 100%. the same round? 100%. Same round has, yeah. 100%. Why were you so tired? I don't, dude, I wasn't feeling good at all. The two days leading up to it, I felt sick. I was tired. And then I, I've been told you, even like my training leading up to it, I felt like shit. I don't know if it was allergies or I had something. I mean, I still don't feel that good. Like I'm blowing my nose a lot. My stomach is like upset with like everything I eat. So I just, I feel like fine moving around, but I'm definitely getting way more tired. I'm getting tired doing tasks that don't get me tired. You know what I mean? And then when I exercise, I'm just tired way sooner. So yeah, I don't know. Like this last couple of weeks has been... I should take myself for COVID or some shit. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's Whatever. been yeah, but but you know, like four minutes. I was tired. I'm like, I'm gonna play the game I can play right now. Don't hate the player, hate the game, I guess. And Whatever yeah. you you did what you had to do to win, and it's not like you normally play this way. If that was no. the way you always played, then I'd be like, all right, you shouldn't be do- like you know you gotta. But test you know yourself. what like, though? It is funny because I'm like, dang, this would be an easy way to play the game. I mean, at your level, brown belt, and if it's like fun, whatever, like you're obviously already good at jujitsu. Sometimes and I just want to be the bad guy, like the Floyd Mayweather, and just be like, yeah, you know what? Try to beat it. But if like a white belt or blue belt, like somebody. Oh, that, yeah, like, of course. We're trying to learn and we were doing that. It'd be like, all right, you won. But like, you're really not yeah. getting good, though. You know, like, what's the mm-hmm. point of doing that? But yeah, whatever. If you tried that against like if you match up with like Demetrius Johnson at one of these events, like. <laughs> that would be so much fun. Yeah, it's just funny. Like within the first 10 <laughs> seconds, I can get a one nothing lead if I could just get a reaction out of the wrist lock, which I, I can do. Like that's not entirely out of anything. Funny. Yeah. All right. And then I want a, a belt, a nice big belt. It's sick. Yeah. I'm uh, a little intimidated to compete, but I have to compete. I always said I wanted to oh, compete yeah, each belt once. Mm-hmm. And then I learned I too, like now I'm like, all right, I got to be way better about training up to a competition. I really didn't take this serious and I should. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about serious shit. Should yeah. we talk about, should we talk about the UFC? Yeah, let's talk about it. So I feel like I was amped about this fight 
and not that many people were amped about this fight. No, me included. I think a lot of people were like, oh, he's going to dominate. And Adesanya being the one that dominates. And in my head, I was like, I don't feel like he's going to dominate. One, we live in a simulation anyway, right? So like, I feel like anything is happening. And so when anybody's so overly positive of something, I'm like, all right, it's got to be the other thing. You know, that might happen. The other thing is, though, Sean Strickland in every interview and what every training partner of his has said is that he just loves to fight and he spars every day all the time. And he's like, the way to get good at fighting is to fight all the time. And I love that mentality. And I know he trained with even like Francis Ngannou. He talked about having like wars with Francis Ngannou on the Rogan podcast. And so I was like, he has no fear. And then also- He trained with Pereira right after he got knocked out. Yeah, so- Thank you. So he's so humble, too, because as soon as he gets knocked out, he's going to train with somebody that knocks him out to learn from him. Yeah. So I think that's brilliant. And I even remembered like even like a year or two ago when we first started this podcast. Remember that video that came out with like Orlando Sanchez and like, oh, yeah, Sean Strickland, like and yeah. and Sanchez like kind of reaped his arm or something and Strickland got pissed. I was yeah. just like Strickland is go and Orlando Sanchez is like an ADCC champion or was rest in peace. So it's like he's going against the best all the time with everyone and he has this mentality where he's not scared. I felt like that is is his foil. Cuz the only other person that beat him was who also had that mental like energy of like I've already beaten him twice. Everybody that loses to I think Izzy or like they have that intimidation and I felt like that wasn't going to happen with Strickland. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. There's been people that haven't been intimidated by him that still lost. Like who? Like Whitaker. Yeah, that's true. Or, or even better, Costa, up. I would say. No, Costa in there, I felt looked intimidated while they were fighting. Okay. And like Yo Romero, too. Yo Romero didn't move at all a muscle. Like a lot of people, like I feel Kelvin like. Kelvin Gastelum. Oh, well, that's why it was a war, right? Yeah. And yeah. that's another thing. Strickland brought up Kev- Kelvin Gastelum in one of the pre fight news conferences mm-hmm. and i just thought that was so smart that he brought it up like you know like that was one of the close fights i felt like that meant sean was studying i just felt like mm-hmm. he was saying all the right things when you weed through like all the other stuff that he says you know to get a rise out of people <laughs> everything fight related i felt like he yeah he's like a doctor of it right like he's like a genius and i felt like he was studying these things he was like he also mentioned like i gotta harness my inner bisbing and so he's like trained with Bisbing, but I also feel like that shows he's like historically smart, like, you know, like looking at previous events, middleweights that were underestimated, you know, against like yeah. longer. Fight. I just felt like everything he said was right. And his coaching was sick. That was another thing I wanted to say. I forget the coach's name, but he's like the head of Extreme Couture. He told Strickland at the end of the second round, he's like, yo, you're being snake charmed. He's like, we didn't come here to fucking lose a decision like and i just felt like that was the perfect thing to say and so wise and yeah like whatever we're not gonna lose a decision i don't he doesn't even want to win a decision he's like just fucking fight like i don't know i thought it was like perfect for sean to have that because that was his weakest round i don't know i love the whole fight overall because of all of this okay yeah i guess if you're rooting for strong strict sean strickland to begin with and you're a fan of sean strickland this was great this is the best if you have any Sean Strickland fandom, this was peak. Yeah, even after the fight, tactical. even after the fight, he said all of the right things. He won Australia over. Like he's like, bro, you guys gave me energy, and he was like genuine and authentic about it, but not cheesy about it. Like his words were perfect at the end of the fight. I was like, holy shit! I, I was stunned, mm-hmm. and I was stunned at the outcome. Not not stunned at the decision. That was clear, but stunned it went that way. Stunned that at the end of round one. That could have been a finish. Like the referee could have stepped in yeah, and finished. Exactly. Like it was close. I was like, oh, I don't know. They might, but it's the end of the round. So he might let it go, which is still bullshit because that shouldn't sway anyway. Like shots are shots. Doesn't matter what time it's at. But yeah, I, I thought he could have called it then. After that point, I ain't like the rest of the fight at all, really. Like personally, I wasn't really, I mean, I didn't have any money on the card, nothing. I just thought Adesanya was going to walk away with this, no problem, because all Sean Strickland does is Philly shell box people with a more square Mm -hmm. stance. That's pretty much it. I never even really saw him throw kicks up until this fight. And even then, it was just like low teeth kicks. So I didn't didn't think he had a chance. But Izzy 
I personally felt like Izzy was just waiting for that highlight reel counter and it just never came. And then once he was down like three rounds to one, now he had no option but to keep that strategy too. Like he should have looked for that for like round one, realized it didn't work. And then round two, he won, but like not by much. And not also, by much. Yeah. And also like that's not, you need to bring it up for rounds three and on now. Like, because now you're just one, one and the round he won was stronger. So you're not even sure yeah. if you got that round, you know? So like, and then once I saw round three that he was just doing the same thing, he's done. I think everyone I, was with me too. I was, I was talking to my buddy, Sean Patcher, if he's listening to this same thing, we were talking round three. He's like, he's done. Sean's got it in the bag. Maybe it was because of also the beating at the end of the first round. Maybe Adesanya was concussed. I yeah. also think, I also would love to see how much each person moved in the ring. Because oh, man. I feel like I feel like Adesanya may have ran three miles where like Strickland was one mile. Yes. Right? Because he had the yes. center and he didn't move. Everything was so efficient. And Adesanya is just running around the cage. And so yeah. as the fight's going on, He's definitely getting more and more tired and he's definitely losing like some zap on those punches. And Strickland was just getting more and more comfortable. Every And the thing that I thought was most beautiful about Strickland, when like as soon as the fight started, I felt like, yo, this is special. His reflexes were crazy. He was blocking every punch from Adesanya and he was checking every kick. And I've never even seen him check You know kicks. why that was so easy? Because he didn't have to worry at all about the takedown. Because yeah. when you Philly shell you'll lean back a lot more, which now means your head is behind your feet, which means you can't move. And so it's easy to take someone down, right? The second someone leans back, easy time to shoot, right? But you don't have to worry about that. So that, that style and defense in the end is perfect against an Izzy because you know he's not going to try to take you down. Had Izzy went for a takedown, we'd be looking at a different fight. Probably a different yeah. outcome too. But also Strickland is a black belt on the ground and he like he's like, yeah, Yo, but think... let's, let's be real about that, though. I don't know about that. I think I think Strickland is one of these fucking idiot savants. Like if he's training with Orlando Sanchez, if he's going to Pereira after he gets knocked out, like he I think he wants to be able to beat everybody at their yes. own game. Mm -hmm. And I feel like he would tap Izzy if Izzy did try to take him down. And that's what's beautiful about the sport. It's like rock, paper, scissor. Like. The reason he could beat Izzy is because he has that ground game to back him up. But he's like, I'll just box you with that Philly shell. And like you said, he had no fear. And it was just fucking beautiful because he was so close to Adesanya that Adesanya never had a moment where he could breathe and like bounce and dance. Just This dude was right in his face and he wasn't throwing punches all the time, but it was right in his face. Like he couldn't breathe at all. It was like a little Khabib-esque, like, you mm -hmm. know, without like the punches, just so Fuck, that's another thing I would mention energy. too in terms of like the grappling prowess is Adesanya's game is very one-dimensional, right? He's basically kickboxing you, all right? He has good takedown defense. I'll give him that, but that's it. Most guys, when they're dangerous on the feet, are still dangerous striking on the floor, but Izzy isn't. Izzy doesn't want to entertain the floor at all. Mm -hmm. You know, like even if a striker ends up on top, you know they're going to do damage from top, usually, but not Izzy. Izzy just wants to get out of there. He wants to yeah. go back to standing. And so I think that's the difference maker in this fight. Had Izzy been anything different in that style, he could have beaten Strickland. But, you know, that's to say, is, you know, if Izzy wasn't Izzy. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, exactly. It, yeah. It's that style that made but him like just, a fucking it, champ. If he just had that little smallest deviation in his game, could have won. I think. Yeah, but that's for me. It felt like watching Yol Romero, where you're like, mean? it's just like bad going? IQ, like oh, just bad. bad overall fight IQ. Like, had you gone for a takedown at this point, you could win. And, and not like Yol Romero, because obviously he has a great wrestling pedigree and stuff. I just think like there was moments that Izzy didn't capitalize on because he wanted the knockout instead of the win. I just also and then feel he got, like it was too late. I feel like though, if Izzy goes for the takedown, he might be guillotined, and we might be like, why the fuck would you go for the takedown? See, I, I disagree. Know. I I think Izzy could actually tap out Sean. I don't know about that. I maybe it's a matter I, of can he take him down and does he want to? Even the bigger question. I think Izzy would want to win. However, how, like, whatever it takes to win. See, I don't I think, think that. I just think Sean is better, 
And I also think like it was like a little bit destiny in this way, like where he lost to Pereira trying to fight Pereira's game. Didn't he lose the Cannoneer too? Yeah, but that was like a split decision, like whatever. But I feel like the Pereira one taught him to be safer. And I think he was hyper focused on every punch that like Adesanya was throwing. And mm-hmm. they were talking about it on the, like the broadcast where they were talking about the feints, like always mm-hmm. falling for the feints. But who cares? Because even when they weren't feints and they were real shots, like he was fucking blocking everything. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought it was like fucking beautiful. Like the coaching, the fighting, like everything that he says. And Izzy, I think, lost a decent amount of fans just from my anecdotal evidence of when he went into the cage with Dreykus and he mm-hmm. was just fucking spouting the N-word and just yeah. came off super cringe. Yeah. I just felt like all of this like negative energy must have gotten to him a little bit. I didn't think we were going to see the best Izzy. And so... Did you see his stories after the fight? No. He posted a few stories and they were kind of like cryptic. One was like maybe him in the back. You could see he's like checking out like his eye, which was like a bit swollen and stuff. And he's like, it is what it is or something. And then like the next story... He had like sunglasses on in what looked like maybe like a party bus. And he's like, I got to do me right now. Don't worry, I'll, I'll, I'll let you guys in on what happened soon enough. And then like nothing else transpired after that. I think there was another video where he was actually like at a club and partying. Like yeah. right after the loss. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of still weird to me. I don't know. I'm not that person, but it didn't seem like he was bothering him at all. No, I'm sure it's like the competitor in him, but also... You're a millionaire and people love you. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like people yeah. want to be with you. Uh, also, how sad is that going to be? But he didn't. He showed up to the press conference, the post-fight press conference. Mm-hmm. And he said something similar to what he must have said in the story. Like, hey, whatever, I have to do me. And then he said, my coach is going to finish the interviews. And then so Eugene Barrowman came on mm. and kind of spoke. Which I thought was kind of like a little weird. I it is. Like- I feel like Izzy could have just said what he wanted to say and just left. You know what I mean? Like, I think he's yeah. earned that where, like, he's done so many conferences, like, whatever. Like, he wants to talk later, later. Like, yeah, I, I don't like you being cryptic. Like, I don't like you being like, oh, I'll tell you later. Like, just tell me later. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you don't have to, like, make a post to be like, y'all, I'll let you know what's going on soon. Like, all right, just let us know when you do do that. Like, I don't know. Like, it's like giving yeah. us a commercial. No one's asking us for one, you know? Yeah, well, we live in a everything is commercialized now and whatever but it's, it was weird i don't know for me that's a big turn off i'm like oh my god dude whatever like what are you gonna like tell me it was about like your mental health now or something like it's i don't about, know just whatever i'm just happy that there's new blood in the middleweight division sure i i think sean strickland versus dreykus or sean strickland versus whitaker or sean strickland versus Cannonier, all of them are awesome i'm like you now a little bit where I'm kind of pissed that they're gonna that Dana White was already talking rematch. Yep. And I'm happy it's gonna happen. That I'm happy that Sean Strickland didn't get the knockout in the first round because then people would have been like, ah, like lucky punch, whatever. When oh, what he yeah. did was he dominated him for four like the whole fight. Yep. So why should there be an immediate rematch? And also, Izzy lost to fucking Pereira and then we'll beat him. So it's like it's it's not like he's undefeated and this is his first yeah. loss. Like, well, he does no, have the most middleweight wins. I think I ever. get it. I get it, but I don't think he should be the next match. I agree with you. It's like a little annoying. Like he got dominated. He got consistently beaten. So even if it's like let him fight Cannoneer because he lost to Cannoneer and Cannoneer's never got a shot, or you know what I mean, something like that. Like do that. What do you think Pereira is? He doesn't even right have. Is he doesn't even have to fight? And then if he wants to fight again, fine, let him fight again without even another fight. If you wanted to do that, like say schedules work out, but I think he should wait. And if Strickland is not the champion at that point, all right, then have him fight Strickland to get the championship shot. Like, you know what I mean? UFC doesn't want Strickland to be champion. They're giving it to Adesanya right away. (laughs) I'm telling you. Yeah. It's so funny. Yo, so they said the F-A-G word twice on the on the show yesterday. On oh, the, they did? At the pay-per-view. One guy said it earlier, and he goes like, they're like, oh, DC's like, oh, what do you got to say to the crowd or something? I think like Jamie Malarkey or something. He goes, oh yeah, the crowd in the top front, they're a bunch of fucking, and he just like said <laughs> and, then, and then like, and he goes like, well, I think it was an Australia them. card. I think they use that word a lot more liberally than us. Oh, maybe. Okay. 
And then, yeah. but then that guy Manuel Manuel Cape, yeah, who I, who I became a fan of for like cursing out Izzy at the press conference. Mm-hmm. He also was like talking about Kyra conference. He's like, oh yeah, your crew's a bunch of fucking. And, he, and then like DC <laughs> had to pull the mic away. And part of me is like, also, is this just Sean Strickland energy permeating <laughs> throughout the crowd? And like the fighters where they're like, yo, if he could say whatever he wants, I'm just, and they're just saying shit. You know what I mean? And I don't have think you seen the trailer park boys, the meme. No. Oh, because we have Sean O'Malley as champ, Sean Strickland as champ. Now we just need Colby Covington to solidify like the three <laughs> trailer park <laughs> champions. <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't want Colby to win, but. Yo, the Dude, memes... now I do. Now seeing the three of them as champions, I'm like, yo, that white trash power is sick. Yeah, that and people were making memes. They're like, yo, is Met the best base for MMA? And then yeah. someone was like, yo, poor parenting is the best base for MMA. Yeah. And someone's like, yo, I'm about to go hit my kids. And everyone's like, yo, future champs. Like, <laughs> I was like, I love this fucking energy right now. And then the best line was, men will literally become the UFC middleweight champ just so they don't have to go to therapy. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, there's so much fucking beauty in all this. And I even though that. Sean... that might be my favorite one. I haven't seen that one yet. That's great. Yeah, I put it in our stories. I love that it. Like, great. Sean may be a piece of shit, like in some of the things he says about sure. like killing people and whatever. But I also yep. think he's just like talking through his emotions and he came from worse. He came from horrible shit, right? Like he like went from being a racist to like now he has Deshaun like Strickland on his locker. Like literally it says Deshaun and he does podcasts with like like everybody he trains with. Like he's so multicultural. I think there was a story where he was on the streets and like an old Mexican lady like took him in and like let him like stay there and fed him. Like, I don't know. I feel like he had a horrible background. And he's trying to get better. And I appreciate that honesty, even if he's not great. So, like, I don't yeah. know. I was like, I kind of love him a little bit. I hear and his that, fighting yeah. mentality. His fighting mentality is what I wish I was. Like, you know, where he just mm. fights all the time. And he goes after the giants and of everything. And that's how he gets better. And he just has ultra confidence. Yeah. What do you think Alex Pereira is thinking right now? Because he wants to probably fight Izzy and Strickland again now, no? No, so Pereira tweeted after, and he goes, he goes, I guess I'm not going back to the middleweight division anymore. Wow. And then, and then he sent another tweet where he was like, I was telling everybody, and they didn't believe yeah, me. Yeah, and then I saw that so, that he thought a Strickland could win. Yeah. So I feel like Pereira is taking not credit, but like some positive energy, where he's like, Oh, I helped train Strickland, and Strickland beat Adesanya. And oh, by the way, I fucked up Strickland who beat Adesanya. And yep. so I own Adesanya and I just own a lot of shit. It's like, I don't know. I love Pereira too. I feel like he's got like awesome big brother type vibes. Mm-hmm. And I I feel like that's nice of him to say that. Like he doesn't owe anything to it Sean, is. but he's like, yo, I don't want to go back to middleweight division. Like, I feel like he was saying, I like this person and I want him to be champion. Yes. Yeah. which I thought was humble. That's Glover to share energy. So like, I just love both of them. Like, yeah, I just feel like I'm a fan of all these people. I like this bonding community, you know, like when they're supportive of each other. That's fair. It is new blood. Yeah. All right. So you love, do you love the card as a whole or just mostly that fight? I, I like the card as a whole. I thought okay. Ty to Ivasa and Volkov. Vol- I felt bad for Ty. Me too, but that was dominance by Volkov. I, I thought Ty was on the come up where like he was going to get this win, but Volkov was shut everything. Like he looked great technically. He was mixing it up. He showed like periods of like, you know, getting away and keeping distance, but then also other times like closing in and just raining in combos. Like he looked great, did damage on the floor, get good positioning, everything. He, he looks like he was made in a lab. And I yeah. feel like that's why the nickname Drago is perfect. Like, yeah, six, seven, like 255 and nimble. Like, but he it's... looked really good. Like, if there was a performance of the night, it was him. Like, I know Strickland had like the biggest upset of all time, but I just think the person who looked best on the card was Volkov. Yes, like, Ty was complete. going after him. And Ty's yeah. scary when he hits you. Yeah. Ty knocked out Lewis. I don't know. I feel Volkov, yeah, good. The heavyweight 
industry, like the heavyweight division is doing good. And I'd like to see mm-hmm. Volkov fight anybody. Volkov versus even like a John Jones, like that height and length, like that would be fun to see. Like they're just yep. also big and strong. So yeah, I, I'm a I'm amped for that. And that that guy Manel Cape, I don't even know his name. Who did he fight? This like uh, I think a guy Dos Santos. He trains with Charles Oliveira. Yes. Cape, if, if you don't know, like at the press conference, he was yelling at Kai Car France because he was supposed to fight Kai Car France, and Kai Car France is like hurt, and so Cape brings up a good point. He's like Adesanya and Eugene Barrowman were complaining that Drakus didn't take the fight because he was hurt and that people should fight well where the fuck is kai he's a pussy he's not fighting oh he's hurt and then Mm -hmm. he throws a bottle at kai and i think it hits him and then adesanya gets up and fucking adesanya is 185 pounds and fucking kape is 125 pounds adesanya gets up and then immediately one second later kape goes sit the fuck down like he just starts cursing it was such fucking raw energy i fucking loved it Mm mm-hmm I just, I, it didn't feel fake. It didn't feel like Colby Covington trying to play the bad guy. Right. Like this guy's from like Angola and somewhere else. Like he's from crazy places. And someone's like, he's the type where it's like, I feel like if you take a machete out, like a psycho Mm. fuck. And I looked up his highlights too. Like he fought in Japan and like all over the world. Like, and his, his highlight reel was amazing. Where there was wrestling, jujitsu, striking, like weird shit. And I, I think a lot like, of people would be surprised to see like the fights pre UFC of a lot of these fighters. They're really good. Yeah, it's I don't know. It just made me appreciate him. So I was like, I'm gonna watch him fight. And, Do you know? Uh, I mean, this was in the UFC, but before before Sean Strickland got to the UFC, he didn't verse any fighter that has a Wikipedia link before the UFC. Mm. Like he fought a lot of cans all the way up until 15 and 0. Oh no, 13 and now. Then his, he won two UFC fights and then he lost your boy Santiago Ponzinibbio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then later on, he lost to Kamara Usman and Dos Santos and there's a few people. But yeah, before that point though, didn't fight anyone. So that, that's kind of interesting to me. But even like looking at like guys like Armand Sarukian, like his fights before UFC were crazy. Like you will see a full display. Who else is something... I don't know if I really believe in cans because like all these people. No, are just I'm not, I'm not going to say like they're not, but if, if they're not linked fighters, it typically means that, uh, not that they weren't good, but these are people that didn't make a profession out of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know I mean, that's, that's all. They're at a certain level. I get what you're saying. Yeah. But sometimes I feel like those guys are just, it depends on who they are. And he was also really young, I think. 100%. Yeah. He was in, taking in, fights as a kid when he shouldn't have. Yeah, and I think he had actually extensive... what, what he was doing was actually illegal. <laughs> I think he has an extensive amateur background too, so it's like yeah. a lot of amateur. Then he went pro. I don't know yeah. how he got away with it either. I have no idea how commissions didn't know his age or like he fabricated his age or something to get more fights. Yeah, some weird shit there definitely happened. But good for him. I mean, he, the fact that he was like a kid and wanting to fight adults and beating them. He said the happiest he the first time he felt happiness he said was when he walked into an MMA gym at fourteen years old. Yeah. And I love that it was like it's an MMA gym. And they showed an old clip of Strickland fighting when he was really young, I think, in the UFC, because I think it was he Rogan. Had he had hair. He was so fucking handsome, too. And but yep. Rogan said something like, Oh, this is the new breed where they start with MMA. You know? And I feel like this is Strickland like going through this progression of all these hardships in life, you know, and just mm-hmm. fighting and just doing MMA and only learning MMA. But then getting good at BJJ and boxing and everything, wrestling all at once, but be, and then becoming like this champ. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I think not that the other ones are bad. It's just you hear a lot of stories like, oh, the boxing saved my life. Like the jujitsu gym right. saved my life. I think it's kind of cool that it was like, oh, it's the MMA gym. Yeah, and Corey Hagen, same thing. Just start MMA. No, nothing. Like, I think that's what you have to do too now as like as a kid going in. Mm-hmm. You're just starting with MMA. If you want to compete. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. But also, like, I don't know. Strickland did say he's given a lot of brain cells to the MMA gods, you know? And like, so that is also the danger. I don't know. There's levels to it. Because I said, I am appreciative of his style of you always got to fight to get good at fighting. But his style is one where he's so defensive and he had the highest, like, numbers and most, like, shots evaded. 
And so maybe it's only good for him because anybody else that fights, like if Mark Hunt, you know what I mean? Everybody else is doing it his style. They're going to die after like fucking eight years. Yeah. But he's been able to do it because he places such an emphasis on defense. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I've become a fan. I'm at, I admire all of it. It's fair. What do we got coming up? Do you know what's coming up in terms of fights? I think they announced John Jones versus Stipe. Okay. So that's kind of exciting. Like, no one's giving Stipe a chance. I like to see the odds and just see what that's like. Do you give Stipe a chance? Not much, but if the odds are crazy, they're probably more than Strickland. The Strickland one was so stupid. I put just 10 bucks on it and I won like 54. But mm. I just, I did it to like, because I texted you too. I was like, I want to tell somebody and I want proof that I'm kind of calling this. Like, you know, like, and I, right. so that's the only reason I did it. But if I had like a shit ton of money, five to one odds on a professional fighter like Strickland, like he's not a can. Like, I get it if somebody that's never fought in the UFC, I was like, I'm, I would have put so much money on it. Like, it just felt, Right. You know, like the guy put $220,000 on Adesanya to win 30000 That's insane. If I had that much money, I'm putting $50,000 on Strickland to win a quarter million. Definitely. Yeah. Like, like yeah. I, it, it felt like so good. So, yeah, I don't know. I think the next, next huge one is UFC 294, where you get uh, Islam Makachev versus Oliveira. Uh, yes. Kamzat Chamaya versus Paula Costa. What's the date for that? Ankalaya versus Walker. It's October 21st. Nice. Okay. All right. So, you know, more than a month away. It's a bit. Yeah. So whatever. Good stuff. I was just kind of really happy. I wanted to talk to you about like the card and mm -hmm. your your competition. Yeah. Everything's going well. Let's let's also shout out Michael Shear of Protect Your Neck. Absolutely. He hooked us up with some like custom gear, which was fucking awesome so we have philosophy of fighting geese now so me and arturo could represent if we ever go to gee class yep yep For right sure. so, it's pretty dope I yeah put the so, whole thing on put my belt on everything else. this is dope so uh yeah dm him and i also believe in like intention intentionality or something like that right when you do something intentionally it kind of like stays with you but i also mm -hmm. believe in like subliminal stuff too so I like to believe when I wear his gear, protect your neck, I get caught in less guillotines. Because <laughs> I'm just like make. a little bit more aware, right? Like mm -hmm. that little extra percentage point. So I'm, I'm feeling that for the gear too. So up your game and do that. And yeah, man, I don't know. Anything else you want to talk about or say? No, no. Every time I wear that protect your neck gear, though, someone always asks me, it's like, oh, what is that? Where did you get that from? They always ask me about it. I hope that they eventually end up going and buying it, but I don't know. Yeah. But I always got asked about it. People do like it. In fact, a lot of people have told me like, man, you always have the dopest gear. I'm like, yeah, you should check it out, dude. All right. So, oh yeah. And if you tell them you heard about it from us, you get 10% off or something, mm -hmm. maybe even 15%. I don't know. Flirt it's, in our, it's in our link tree bio. If you ever want like a percentage off, you can just go to our bio on Instagram. There's a, there's a link and there's a spot for it. Dude. And let's keep training. Right. I, I feel like Strickland inspired me. I went to MMA today. Like, you know, I was like, nice. should I have a lazy Sunday and watch football? I was like, no, we're going to MMA. And yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I get frustrated when I'm training and I have like bad days. Like I got upset, not upset. So I was rolling with this kid that gives me like such a hard time. He's like big and strong and heavy. And I literally feel claustrophobic when I'm under him. Like I get literal anxiety and when I train in the beginning, one of my first goals of training was like not to feel that anxiety. Right. Cause I felt it like the first couple of days. No, there's always someone that can make you feel that feeling that guy. There is always potential for that. Yeah. And I was like, and, but I was like doing decent defensively, even though it was dominating in the round. And then there was like 26 seconds left. And I was like, Oh my God, I want to get out of this without like, you know, like I've tapping. had those. I've even had some of those recently. Yep. Mm -hmm. I was like, it's 26 seconds. Like, let me just not tap it. It'll be like a moral victory. Like I just want a moral victory, but you're getting fucked up. So you're not thinking clearly. And then he gets me in like a head arm choke. And then I was like, oh, it's gotta be like eight seconds. I was like, should I hold off? And you're not thinking clearly. And then like, I tapped it like two seconds. Oh. And I was like, I was kind of going out. And so I didn't so realize- I didn't realize I said it loudly, but you know me, I'm like competitive. I was like, fuck. 
<laughs> you know, but I, I yeah. guess I said it really loud because like the eight people near us looked at me <laughs> and they're like, yo, you okay? And I'm like, woozy. And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. And they're like, and I was like, I don't know. I don't even know what I said because I was out of it, you know? And they're like, the coach was like, Burke, I love Burke. He's like, yo, don't do that. And he was like, you got to be calm. And he was like, yo, the people that are angry quit. And I would never quit, but like, I like that he was telling me that. And I also realized I was like, fuck, like I shouldn't be doing that. You know, like getting so upset because one, if I'm getting upset when somebody taps me, because I was doing a lot of reflection, I was like, that's not being a good partner, right? Like, yeah. And then what? Like, I don't want them to feel bad for tapping me. I want them to fucking want to tap me so I get yeah. better. Right. And then also if I go and this is another thing I realized, because sometimes I feel like we're a little bit too humble and I might be like, oh, I suck. So then what if I tap somebody and I'm saying I suck, but I tap you. Now you, you know suck what I mean? too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. It, it's now you know, like, I know you suck. So I feel like this week was like a good mental. That was like a good mental wake up. Interesting. Of being like, Stop being like that. Yeah. But everything that could, but it's also why I train. Cause I like, I'm so competitive sometimes, sure. you know? So it's like, everything's going to have its negative, but I'm trying to be a little bit more mentally strong. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I had a moment like that recently where I felt very suffocated. Um, and I looked at the clock, I had a vision of the clock and it said 50 seconds. And I'm like, I can hold out 50 seconds. That'll be fine. And then more time was going by and I'm like, man, it should, the time should really be up. And then I go to look at the clock and it says a minute 10, which means I must've misread it. And it was one fifty left. And I was like, fuck, like <laughs> another minute 10. And so uh, I, I'm surviving more, surviving more. God damn it. What does the clock say? 40 seconds. Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is the longest time ever. I end up surviving skin of my teeth. I even told my partner, Hey man, if you would have just done this and this, I probably would have tapped just from pressure. And he was like, really? And I'm like, yeah, there was a long time in an awful spot. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks. Those, those moments where you're like, don't tap, like nothing's stop, like nothing's harming you, but you're like, might run out of air. I don't know. This is getting like, yeah, the claustrophobic, like there's something happening to you where you're like, am I getting enough air? Will I pass out from this? Like, this feels kind of real. You know, I, I remember Sambo Steve's like first classes and he always did like really interesting stuff. And I remember the very first day I was there, like I was there in a t-shirt and basketball shorts. Like, you know, mm -hmm. like I have no idea what's happening. And then he's like, all right, just stay on this person. And like literally me trying to stay on the person for 30 seconds afterwards, I was like heaving. I was like... <gasps> Yeah, And then there was like another drill, like a week later or something, like my next class, I don't know, where it's like, oh, two people are going to try to hold you down. And like, the, I remember I was like, I didn't want to be scared, right? I, I know these are normal people. This is a gym, whatever. But whatever that feeling was, must have been close. It's definitely like a panic attack. And like, I don't know, like it put me in the head of like, this is what people... Yep. that are like getting raped or something huge. Like, like I was like, yep. this is fear. Like, I can't even last 20 seconds. My, my mind should be smart enough to be like, these people aren't going to hurt you. Just chill for 30 seconds. But your mind is like, holy fuck, I'm terrified. You know? I, and, I think it's, I think it's almost biological. Like, yeah. like when something like that is happening to you, it's like, you're feeling the fight or flight and you can't flight. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's a feeling that I don't think many people go through. But if you train long enough, you've gone through it. Yeah. And, and it's like, that's also why I feel like I think I was a little upset because, you know, we're getting older. Right. And I mm -hmm. appreciate you telling me also like over the past week and a half, some of like that you haven't been doing good. Cause oh, yeah. I always it's been like two or three weeks, but yeah. Cause I always think you're doing great. So I like that vulnerability. And then, so sometimes I'm like, fuck, I've been training like for 10 years on and off. Right. But like five years, like solid. And then to feel like that again, like part of me was like, Am I learning nothing? You know, like I was like, like it brought me back to that day or hey, like whatever. get used to that. That feeling doesn't go away. I don't care what yeah. level you're at. It you just, it happens it. less frequently, but it's still going to fucking happen every step of the journey forever. And and that's a good thing. And so maybe I needed this reminder because yeah. maybe mm -hmm. I wasn't pushing myself or I wasn't thinking clearly. So like, I felt like I learned a lot this week from that. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, I got to just 
keep doing that, but it gets yeah. less frequent, but you're still going to go through. I'm going through one now. I mean, I won this weekend. It's great. Everyone sees it like a champion and like, yeah, you did it. But I know deep down looking at the whole picture, I'm not in a good rut right now. Yeah. Whatever. We're going to take the advice of Strickland and just keep chugging away, you know? And <laughs> Of and, course, the training's not going to stop. If anything, it just sharpens. Yeah, and I love what he said, too. He's like, these belts don't matter. He's like, what happens in your home matters. And I felt like that was like ultra martial arts like, yep. wisdom, you know? And so it's like, okay, why do I train? So, like, I have more confidence in, like, business and school and, like, you know, like, family. And I feel like I look good. And, oh, last thing. There's a documentary on Netflix. It's called Blue Zones live to a hundred. I want everybody to watch it. I told my students, like, I'll give them extra credit if they watch it with their parents. Okay. Some guy wanted to study. Why do some people live longer? And he found like five zones in the world where in these particular small areas, like the size of cities. So he's not even picking a whole country. Why do they have an outsized rating of like living past a hundred? And he showed this guy from Costa Rica that was 102 years old. And they literally went to like the government offices to get the birth certificate to make sure he wasn't lying. But he was riding a horse every day and he was cutting wood every day. And wow. like, like these people are not living to a hundred and weak. They're living to a hundred and thriving there. He went to Okinawa and these Japanese people, they were, they were doing full squats while they were gardening or playing with their instruments or like doing whatever, but full sitting like on the floor. That's just, part of, their That's just part of their daily. Yeah. Exactly. Even how and they I poop, they poop with toilets in the floor. So they squat. And it's healthier. Exactly. And yeah. so. But some like argue, some argue though, that. It's not, that's not what gets them healthy. It's just the healthy people are able to do that. And so you see them, you know what I mean? Like the cause and effect could be, so it, sure. it's hard to, we don't know, but it sure, sounds but, pretty plausible. But it doesn't hurt, right? Like, yes. so if, yeah, yeah. if we don't know, you might as well err on the side of doing it. Correct. Because theoretically it does make sense. Right? Like, because if you rely on the other way, then you're just going to, there's no hope. Yeah. At, at least there is hope of you doing it. And Correct. so I told, I told my students, I was like, ask your parents if they could full squat like that, like, you know, and yeah, you should no full chance. squat. And I was like, how many of you are worried about your parents' health? And like, not that many raised their hand. I was like, what if, how many of you have parents that are in their sixties? And those are the people that raised their hand. I was like, how many of you have parents that are in their fifties? And then some people raised their hand and it was like forties. And then a lot of people raised their hand. So I was like, that's where we're about to head up. So I was like, okay, you're not worried now. I would have been like, hey, how many of your parents are on a, on a medication for the rest of their life? I should have asked that, yeah. Because I bet you like most that. would have raised their hands. So I'll tell you the four things, Because they would also have to include insulin. They would also have to include painkillers, potentially. They'd also, like, there's a ton of things. Yeah, and plus they're not worried, maybe, because they're in college. So they're fucking yes. not thinking, they're thinking about getting laid, you know, and having mm -hmm. a good time. So they're not worried about their parents' health, but... The yeah. four main things. I'll just I'll just tell the people the four main things, but I hope you watch the documentary. Okay, I'm good. First, first one is diet, right? And he goes through the diets. They're all generally Mediterranean style diets. Balance. I've heard a lot of it is all about just making your own food. That was That's a big piece of it. Raw, fresh. Yeah. yeah. And it's less meat, but it's more balanced, plant-based, yeah. and, and things that are local. Exercise, but... The exercise they talk about is just like constant low intensity exercise. Yes. So like gardening. One of the places in is in Italy, Sardinia, and they found that in this little town where there was a lot of people that lived to 100, the higher the the higher the incline of their homes because they all lived in like hills, the longer they lived. Mm. So there's definitely something about like leg strength, I feel, because the Okinawans so with I, the I've told you, I think before on the podcast that even that people that do high intensity exercise still need to walk more because those that walk the most do the lowest version of cardio, but for huge long durations. Like the people that walk, you know, 10K a day, not 10,000 steps a day, like they'll walk 10K a day, they live crazy long. As opposed to the people that just exercise all the time or super jacked and like, you know, they'll go running a mile or two. Like, no, that's not the same. That was always like kind of the discussion when they would talk about like women in France versus women in America. Like women in France don't work out, but they walk everywhere. But they and they're move. like fucking smoking they're cigarettes. Always and shit. moving. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And here we're like, 
we'll have our like everybody like fighting and doing shit, but then they're not. They're just driving to the gym, driving. To yeah, these that's a huge distinction because like even in America, your friends, your family, they're always like, "Oh, what workout program do you follow? What do you do for exercise and stuff?" And meanwhile, like in other healthy places, they're literally just moving. Like, there's no exercise plan. You just you just do go do things. Yep. I'm trying to walk up and down the stairs more in my house. Like, so if I forget something downstairs, I'm not like, oh, fuck, I forgot it. Now I'm just like, all right, more steps. Just go for walks. Just go for a walk. Like when you have your coffee, instead of sitting down and reading your phone, bring your coffee for a walk. Watch how much better you'll feel. Me and Amanda, if we eat a big meal, we go for a walk right after. So we don't feel like shit. Just, Just walk. It's nice. It's nice in the morning. It's nice at night. It's nice. I'm glad you said that tidbit. I didn't know that you said that before. So that's perfect. Mm-hmm. That goes with it. So we have diet. We have exercise. Mm-hmm. The thir- third one was, it was like some form of spirituality. So mm-hmm. it wasn't necessarily like God, but it was like you needed to, they asked like in Okinawa, they said the doctor would ask you like three questions right away. How old are you? How much do you weigh? And then it was like, what's your mission? And the mission Purpose. isn't like something grandiose. It might be like, I want to take care of my grandkids. I love my grandkids. Or it's like, I, I love jujitsu, working out. Like I love gardening, whatever it is. Something that makes you wake up and go like, I have this hobby, like this belief, whatever. And then the fourth thing is community, like, like having some friends. And so they said loneliness can like take something like two to six years off of your life. Wow. Right. And And they were like, even bullshit conversations at like the post office or like you know like talking to the cashier like that's healthy and so mm. i was like you know like because sometimes i get pissed at like the people that are like don't talk to me for the cab driver or the uber driver like mm. sometimes like yo you're fucking arrogant like who gives a fuck if they want to talk like you know what i mean yeah like, so i don't know those were all simple things and the way that all those people lived i was like all right these are easy things that we could all take kind of and they show it in a way where they're not like hitting you over the head with a hammer where like, it's just like, yo, start hanging out with friends a little bit. And mm-hmm. I feel like martial arts solves like three of all of these things a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, so. for sure. Well, that's good. That's good that you're spreading that too. I'm, dude, I've been telling everybody all the time. Yeah. Like, watch this doc, just like four episodes and yeah, have like, your mommy watch it. You know, like, right. I feel like, I feel like it's good for everybody and it makes me want to visit these places and it makes me yeah. want to have like, Live, but also they're disappearing because they mentioned Okinawa, which was the longest living Japanese. Now they're like the fattest, and it's like mm. tons of fast food and shit. Like things change, you know. And they're yeah, like, we oh, put a kid. military base there. That's probably why. And they're like, our kids don't eat this way. Like in Costa Rica, everywhere though, they're like, oh, our kids don't really yeah. like. And so they're like, yo, it's gonna decline. But this was like a batch of people that lived to a hundred, and I'm like, yo, I kind of want to be like that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I would, I would love that. Yeah. All right, man. I think that's good. We talked a bit. We covered yeah, a lot we talked things. a lot, man. Good, good stuff. weekend. Good weekend. Hopefully uh, you're rooting for a Giants win soon. Exactly. Yeah. Dude, congrats on your victory. Thank you, brother. All right. And uh, yeah, cheers to everybody. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Later. Thanks for listening to the Philosophy of Fighting podcast. If you have any questions, suggestions, or if you would like to fight us, send us a DM on Instagram at philosophy underscore fighting.